episode 285 of This Is Whole Life. And you can probably tell already from my voice that I am not feeling 100%. In fact, I'm feeling a little bit lousy. But we didn't want to miss a week because, well, it's important that we're always here together. And every time you miss a week, which actually we've never done in almost six years of the podcast, but something we didn't want to miss and wanted to make sure that we were at least bringing the the message and some insight. And it's going to be a shorter episode than normal. But moving right into it, this past week was number eight in our Love Is series. And we would love and welcome your thoughts and questions. And we will be spending the bulk of our time today having Ken answering your questions from this past week Q&A which was led for the first time by Sierra Westfall, who, by the way, Sierra, you did an amazing job of not only filling in, but making the Q&A your own. Great job. I look forward to being there to see it in person next time. You did a fantastic job. Typically, it's uh, Stanley is our online worship host and takes care of the Q&A, and I've done it in the past as well, but she did an amazing job in our absence. Okay, so we had a bunch of questions, and before we get to them, Ken's going to give us a brief overview of the message, some takeaways that he had, even something he didn't get to during the message, but something that he ran into during prep. And finally, he answers Stanley's question as promised. So let's jump right in with Ken, and this is Love is All About Truth and Justice. This is number eight. Hey there, podcast world. I know this week's podcast is a little bit different than normal, but we couldn't let it go by without answering the questions, especially since I said that I was only going to answer Stanley's question in the podcast. It wouldn't be fair to Stanley for me not to do the podcast and never answer his question. So definitely need to get around to that. But before I do, just want to remind you of kind of a recap of what we were trying to get at in the sermon. We were talking this week about how Love doesn't rejoice about injustice, but rather rejoices whenever the truth wins out. I think this is such an important concept because what it really comes down to is what do you think that Jesus rejoices about? And I think the only way to really know that is to spend time in God's Word, spend time reading through the Gospels, and look at what Jesus gets excited about. Also look at what causes him sadness. One of the things I didn't talk about in this sermon was think about how Jesus was being mistreated by so many of the of the leaders, uh, being misunderstood and things like that. And yet Jesus still, Jesus still weeps over Jerusalem um, when he, during that triumphal entry, because he knows the bad things are going to happen. He didn't sit up there and goes, <laughs> there you go, guys, it's coming. You're going to get yours eventually. But instead he wept. He felt sorry for the very people who are about to um, crucify him. And so I think that's one of the things that we need to think about when it comes to to our lives. And if we're going to be loving like Jesus, if we're going to be loving like Jesus, we need to only rejoice about the things that Jesus would rejoice about. Does that mean we don't rejoice when a, when justice is served? No, I don't think that means that at all. But I think what it doesn't mean is that we get pleasure out of other people's pain. I think there's a difference about rejoicing when justice is served versus rejoicing about the pain that that could cause another person. Um, if you remember a couple weeks ago, um, we, I talked about how God doesn't rejoice about the destruction of the wicked. And so if God's not going to rejoice about those things, neither should we. Even when people get theirs, when, 
when what goes around comes around, or if you want to use the word karma, we shouldn't become overjoyed and thrilled that other people are suffering. We should join them in their suffering and try to lift them up. And that was, I think, the real main message of what I was trying to get at in the sermon this week. But I do want to go ahead and spend a little bit of time. I do want to spend a little bit of time now answering the questions that you had uh, from this week's sermon. Um, so the first question we had is, if you live with a justice system that seems unjust for the least of these, how do you work for justice in a way that loves with grace and forgiveness? And uh, I talked about this during Q&A a little bit, but I want to touch on it again because this thing is so important to think about this. Um, uh, for many people in, in the United States, it does feel like the justice system is rigged, that that things don't always work out the way they should. It can be easy to throw our hands up in the air and say, there's just nothing I can do about it. But I think that each one of us can work in the sphere that we have to bring about justice. And maybe that we're not able to change the laws of the land or create a more just system, but we can create justice where we're at. We can care about the least of these. We can do for others. And so just something to think about. Another question received this week was, I understand God's love means justice for all. If I were a Jew living in Nazi Germany, how would I open my heart to desire a kind justice rather than a hard justice? And uh, again, this was another one that we talked a little bit about Q&A, but it's just worth uh, touching on in case you didn't hear it. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine being a Jew in Nazi Germany and knowing that uh, you're um, you're being exterminated for no other reason than because of your ethnicity. Uh, it's, a, it's a horrendous thing. Um, and unfortunately, it's all too uh, common throughout history. So how do you, um, how do you not desire retributive uh, justice? How do, you, how do you do that? I don't know that I've lived through it, so I don't know that I could say, but I could tell you that there are many people who survived the Holocaust who found ways to forgive those that were hurting them. And truly, that is what God tells us we have to do, too, doesn't it? God tells us that we have to love those that persecute us. Um, here's a, one from uh, T.C. Truth said, I guess it comes down to who is to judge when someone is deserving of something good or bad. That may be a part of the issue. It's all about the motive behind why you're doing those things. What a great point. Who are we to judge? Who needs what? Um, that's God's job, isn't it? It's God's job to decide who deserves what and who needs what. Um, like a good parent, God, when he disciplines, he does it with purpose and uh, does it with intentionality. And not the intentionality to make us suffer, but rather the intentionality to help us be better people, make the world around us better, and bring us closer to him. Um, here's another question uh, from Wei Jamo. Uh, is it wrong to feel vindicated when somebody who has done wrong is forced to face the consequences of their action? Does vindication equal rejoicing? I don't think it does. I think that, uh, however, when we take delight in another person's suffering, that's where we, uh, where we run into bad things, even when they deserve that suffering. I don't think that we should delight in it. I know that when I have to uh, punish my children, um, I don't get joy out of it. It hurts me. I don't want to punish them, but I do it for their best good. And I think the same thing needs to be true of us when it comes to when we see justice being served, we need to not get a delight out of the pain other people are suffering. And then finally, here's the uh, question that uh, I skipped over from Stanley. And Stanley, I told you to answer it, so here it is. 
Stanley said, so are we back to a checklist of things to do to be saved? In other words, visiting people in prison, clothing the naked. Uh, he's referring to the text I used in Matthew 25, where Jesus says that the sheep uh, do these things. They clothe the naked, give water, give food. Um, and there's kind of a list of things that the sheep do. And then there's a list of the things that the goats don't do, which is the exact same list the sheep did. And the only difference is that the goats didn't do those things. So are we back at a checklist? Well, I think, uh, Stanley, what's interesting about that is that uh, in neither case do the, the people who did uh, what's going on, did they know that they were doing it? Isn't that interesting? In other words, the righteous say, when did we ever do those things? And the wicked said, when didn't we do those things? And I think the point that may be worth really thinking about is this, that when we're in a right relationship with Jesus, when we're in a right relationship with Jesus, fruit naturally occurs in our life. When we are keeping our eyes on Jesus, it's not about a checklist. It's just about being like Jesus. And Jesus naturally makes those things appear in our life to the point that when he points out, hey, you did this, there's surprise. What? I didn't know that I was doing that. And so I think that's one of the things that we um, we just need to think about, that, uh, that the point is not a checklist. The point is to be in connection with Jesus, to care about the things that Jesus cares about and do the things that Jesus cares about. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's podcast. Um, we'll be back to full strength, hopefully, here soon. And uh, get well wishes to you, Randy. I know you're listening to this, and you probably are putting this together, too. So anyway, hope you all have a wonderful week. Love God, love people, make your world a better place through Jesus. There was so many good things that Ken got to during that little brief time he spent with us. Sent me a voice recording just so we could uh, put this all together and make a, a short episode out of it. But thank you, Ken, for kind of giving us the overview and uh, hitting those points. And of course, for answering Stanley's question. I mean, you did promise, so good for you. All right. One of our whole life reflections this week was really a a challenge. Like, what does it look like for you to rejoice with Jesus when he wins out? And if you missed the message, please make sure you find out Ken's interpretation and definition of when Jesus wins out, what that means and what the point of that is as it pertains to the message. So swipe up and you can use the link about halfway down in the show notes for Speaking of Grace, and you can listen to that. That is already live and out there for you to listen to and make sure that you really grasp that definition because it really it really brings it home as to what we're talking about and how we need to view this topic, which is really a difficult thing when you start to think about truth and justice. What's the truth? And even if someone has been found to be untruthful or unjust and they get justice, you know, should we be happy? Should we be celebrating? Should we, oh, good, they got what they had coming to them. And that is such an easy thing to do because you feel right. You feel vindicated because, well, obviously that was wrong. Everybody knows it's wrong. They knew it was wrong. And even if that is 100% true, when do we ever know the whole story? When do we ever know the whole truth or the whole situation behind anything? Even when things happen to us and we are in the front row, we have a bird's eye view of the entire situation. There are still things that if they don't come from us, we have really no idea all the things that came around in the background to make those a reality. And so 
giving them the benefit of the doubt and giving them the grace as Jesus gives us. And we always appreciate when someone gives it to us is just so hard to do, but yet we know how good it feels. And I think when we do it, we feel just as good granting it to somebody else. Even if they've hurt us, it might not be right away, but eventually we'll feel that same way about how we've treated them when we realize that, man, that really was the right thing to do. And being like Jesus isn't easy, especially out of the gate, but when you pull it off and you do it the right way, it just feels so good. So I hope you enjoyed the questions. I hope you enjoyed Ken's little overview there. And thank you, Ken, for the get well wishes. I'm sure we'll be back up to speed here shortly. And hopefully next week, the three of us will be back together in the studio. So I don't think I have a whole lot of voice left. So I am going to invite you to, if you have anything more you'd like to add or subtract or something we missed, didn't say, as always, voicemail or text 407-965-1607. Or as always, you can send an email to podcast at wholelife.church and would love to read your comments or play your comments in the form of a voicemail on next week's podcast. So our final thoughts are from the closing to Ken's message. He said, the question we need to answer when it comes to how we react to what happens to others, is this something I can rejoice with Jesus about? That's really the crux of it. When you think about if I was reacting to this situation with Jesus sitting right there, knowing everything that we know and having the Bible and all of his teachings and seeing all the stories of the, the, the cause and effect and knowing what he really wants from us. Does that change how this is something I can rejoice with Jesus about? That's a tough one. Cause I know too many times it's uh, something that we probably rejoice in. And I think Jesus would be sad. I think he would, feel bad for us and he would he would counsel us and just say man we we got to be better than this and you're better than this and you know what to do <laughs> i think he'd be kind about it but also stern and i just the more i thought about that the more it just kind of made my heart heavy all the times that i know that i've come up short and all the times that he must be thinking, come on, Randy, you're better than that. <laughs> and I think we like to quote the Bible, you know, he doesn't give us more than we can handle. And sometimes I think he's awfully optimistic about me. But the more we think about things like this, the more we read and the more we study and the more we pray for God to change us from the inside out, the better it gets. So that's going to do it for tonight. Next week, love is, it is the final one. I, when we first started this, I didn't think we were ever going to get to the end, even though I've enjoyed every single one of them. But actually, next week, it is Love is Faithful, Hopeful, and Enduring. And it sounds like a fantastic way to close out this message series. So, as always, we'll be back next Wednesday. Hopefully, all three of us will be back in the studio. And that'll be episode 286. Of course, you can always catch the message in our sister podcast, Speaking of Grace swipe up in the show notes and the link is there in every episode and likewise if you found us there and you share that one tell them to swipe up in that show notes and they'll find this podcast as well so i hope that you guys all have a great week and we will see you 
hopefully all together again next week. So until that time, just have a fantastic week.